Good evening, fight fans. It is the Rattler Gym Broadcasting Network. Alternative commentary for Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. And I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And joining me this evening on the Dawa Power Hour, but he's too sweet to be sour, ladies and gentlemen, the ray of sunshine, the bright light in your life, it's Robert Winfrey from 411mania.com. How do you do, Robert Winfrey? I'm doing better than Tyron Woodley's going to be doing in a little bit, I imagine. Oh, baby, tell me all about it, but not quite yet. Just hold that thought. Uh, If you're... (laughs) So they they didn't just do Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley tonight. Uh, this was backed up by Tommy Fury trying to make a name for himself. He got a four round fight with Anthony Taylor and did not look great, though he did win the fight, forty to thirty six. But considering this is one where he should have knocked the guy out, not a great look for Tommy. Uh, what did you think of the Tommy Fury Anthony Taylor fight in fifty words or less, Robert Winfrey? I'm going to quote something I heard on Twitter. The Fury family is proof that, Mark, our generation was lied to. Because <laughs> if you look at Tommy Fury, he looks like Sylvester Stallone, right? Uh-huh. If you look at Tyson Fury, he looks like your father. <laughs> now, one of these two men is the best heavyweight in the world. The other is a not-so-great fighter. And it's yep. the... And the guy who will absolutely ruin your whole life is the one who has the dad bod. <laughs> Tommy Fury might be one of those guys they're going to recruit to the WWE Performance Center where they're into finger painting and collage making and other kindergarten projects if you look at their most recent logo that's floating around on Twitter. Speaking of floating around on Twitter, Montana Love mm-mm, Montana Love retired Ivan uh, Baratchik on the stool in seven rounds. You know, I was up and down, and I was left and right, and I was TikToking and this and that. And it, I thought Ivan was winning the fight there for a while, but when they revealed this. They revealed the scores. Montana, Montana was beating them, and I'm not here to argue about that. But um, right about the time I thought things were gonna were gonna turn for old Ivan, uh, it turned back. This was this was a hell of a fight. What did you think? Uh, good performance from Montana Love. I think the only round I gave Baranchik, because I was uh, on my highly unofficial scorecard, I gave him the second. Every other round went, I thought, Montana Love won pretty handily, and more handily as the fight went on. Love was just a much slicker fighter. Baranchik had no answer for the footwork. He had no answer for the in-and-out angles. All he had was big haymaker punches, and while he landed a couple of them, that's not usually a recipe for long-term success in the boxing world. And uh, credit to Baranchik's trainer, uh, one of his trainers who stopped the fight between rounds. There was no reason for that to continue. Daniel Dubois trying to make waves in the heavyweight scene. Got a first-round TKO over uh, Joe Cusimano, and he won every bit of that first round. Good on Daniel Dubois trying to make a comeback after his loss earlier in the year. He's talking about wanting to fight Trevor Bryan, and who am I to argue? We covered the last Trevor Bryan fight, and I think Trevor Bryan versus Daniel Dubois might be the fight to make. What do you think? I think it's heavyweight boxing. No one actually cares, unless you're talking about one of the three best guys in the world. Everyone else is... They exist, and Dubois might eventually become a top-end heavyweight, but 
He's not there now, and consequently, I and most of the boxing world don't actually care because heavyweight sucks. Didn't the WBA say they were retiring all their, like, interim champions? And isn't Trevor uh, Bryan, like, an interim WBA champion? What was the, 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 the garbage match that we called for fun earlier in the year that was in Florida that was supposed to be him versus the Syrian fella? Um, wasn't that for an interim in WBA title? Probably. Okay, you don't care and don't know and would prefer if I move Look, on from this. The, well, the point, you mentioned them retiring all of their interim crap. The American Boxing Commissions, uh, again, this association of all the different boxing commissions, has actually been telling every organiz- every sanctioning body for years that they need to stop with the interim and the super and the regular and the na- like all of those other stupid distinctions. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the WB, they, I don't know, something about the way they worded the last letter, the WBA is taking them somewhat seriously if, if reports are, in, are correct. So we might get a degree of clarity in the boxing title picture. I don't think it'll stick because it's boxing. All right, here's what I've got. Right now in the heavyweight division, Anthony Joshua is the WBA super champion, so nuts to you. And Trevor Bryan is the regular champion. Um, I think... What's-his-face from Syria was made champion in recess, which he got pissed yep. about and was like fighting it, but I guess that's no longer the case, or whatever. Um, and you wonder why the, um, why the Boxing Commission Association might decide that, you know, this is not the best idea to have <laughs> 18 million... Look, one sanctioning body should not have eight heavyweight champions. And in the WBC line, we have Tyson Fury, who's the regular champion, and Dillian White, who is the interim champion. And then Anthony Joshua has the IBF and the WBO. There are no interim champions. Good for them. And Tyson Fury is... At the moment. And Tyson Fury is the ring heavyweight champion. So, back to Daniel Dubois. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think uh, him versus Trevor Bryan for the WBA title... um, might not be the it worst idea. That ever. won't that won't actually be a title in another week. <laughs> well, and, and by which I just mean, if Anthony Joshua has one of your belts, mm-hmm. he's, he's the one that he's the one that's getting that belt. Sure. No, I get that. All right, and then lastly, and I don't know how much of this you watch. I fell asleep. Amanda Serrano had a unanimous win over Yamalith Mercado, uh, 97, 93, 98, 92, 99, 91. Did you like the fight? Yeah, Amanda Serrano is one of the, like, two or three best female boxers on the planet. She was, she is the best boxer on this entire card. Mm-hmm. If we're talking, uh, you know, pure boxing skill. You don't love uh, this card, though. You, I remember the last time we talked Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, and you were very much against the circus acts having real boxers on them. So I would imagine you're not in love with the fact that... that the best female boxer on the planet well, is here. You, when look, not to be sexist, yeah, but women's boxing doesn't draw. <laughs> so okay. I don't. So it, it, I. So find this it, particular circus you're okay with? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Here's the other, hang on. Here's the other thing about that that needs to be brought up as we get ready for the fighter introductions. Yeah. Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather was an exhibition fight. It was. Much like yes. Tyson and Roy Jones Jr.? Yes. This is a legitimate fight. This is a le- Tyson Woodley is making his professional debut. Jake Paul is it. This is a professional boxing fight. Right. I may not like that it's in the main event over title fights, but I understand 
I understand why. Okay. Uh, of the two, Jake and Logan, Jake takes his his training much more seriously. He wants to be taken somewhat seriously as a boxer. All right. So this doesn't fall into that category of you should not mix real boxers with dumb with circus boxers because you don't think this is as much of a circus. This fight, no, no, I okay. do not think this one. This is certainly not as much of a circus as his fight with Ben Askren or whatever Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather did for eight rounds. I don't All know right. what they did, but whatever it was. So Tyrone Woodley, when he was in Strike Force, um, he either knocked night. bitches out cold no. or he or he hugged them until he got sexual assault allegations. Just kidding, everybody. Yes. <laughs> no. He he ended no one in Strike Force. The vast majority, like. He, I, uh, I want it. Well, no, you're you're not wrong. I remember hating Tyrone Woodley because all of his fights were boring, and then he came to the UFC and started knocking bitches out. Uh, he knocked a couple of guys out, then he went back to boring, then he'd get one knockout, then he'd go back to boring for three right. fights, and that was kind of his pattern. Yeah, Tyrone Woodley was very inconsistent. Like I said, he either he either knocked p- people out within minutes of the first round, or he snuggled with them for three to five rounds. Um so he's not going to be able to snuggle with Jake Paul in this one, but he obviously does have power in his form and in, uh, in fists. Here's the thing: boxing and boxing is not MMA, and MMA is not boxing, even though they both are they, they both contain striking. So, how do you think Tyrone Woodley fares against? I mean, he's still a novice boxer. He does. I mean, he's been training and he's got a couple of fights. But I mean, if this were any other person who wasn't like a YouTube star, he would still be trying to rack up. You know, early fights here. This he would not be, he would not be having main event attraction fights. So we're going to say Jake Paul still a novice boxer. How do you think Tyrone Woodley stacks up against Jake Paul? There's a degree to which this fight is impossible to predict. There's too much. There's too much chaos. There's too much unknown. Tyrone Woodley is the superior athlete. If we're comparing combat sports credentials, there is no comparison. Tyron Woodley is maybe the no worse than the third best welterweight champion the UFC has ever produced. But he's never boxed. Right. <laughs> we're not, and as you mentioned, we're not in an MMA cage. We are in a boxing ring. And Jake Paul is probably the superior technician when it comes to the boxing. But Tyron Woodley hits really hard. And Jake Paul makes the kind of stupid mistakes on defense, especially, that can get you hit. But Tyron's also known to put himself on the ropes or in the corner and kind of try to bait you into a big booming counter. And Jake's demonstrated a degree of competence at baiting you into throwing that punch and then countering you. So who the heck knows? That's kind of why (laughs) we're doing this. There's no – there's reasonable – approximations of guesswork that can go on, but there's way too much unknown about both men in this context to make a serious prediction. Robert Winfrey, are you intrigued by this fight? No. (laughs) I can say it's a total unknown clown fiesta without being intrigued by it. Okay, fair enough. All right, round one. Here we go. Um, okay, for the record, whatever my prediction is worth, I tend to lean towards Jake Paul because he is the more proven boxer of the I two. I swear to God, the way the camera angle shot that, it looked like Tyrone Woodley went to shoot a single on Jake Paul. He probably thought about it. You, you, <laughs> you don't, uh, which is just to say, you don't undo that many years of conditioning that quickly. Be hilarious if he had, though. Oh, if he gets hurt and 
decent enough chance he will be hurt at some point. He's probably going to reach. Okay. Well, he just uh, extended and tried to jab to Jake's body, uh, which I did not love. I mean, it, like he, he had to extend his legs in, in a much wider base than I'm comfortable with in this kind of a fight. Uh, his, and I, his stance already, you can see it. He's very wide and he's very low. He's adopting a... He's kind of trying to get low and base for power punches when he can throw them, but he's also adopted a bit more of his wrestling stance in that respect, in terms of how low he is. That's a very odd choice. If he's not careful, he's going to end up punching Jake Paul right in the dick. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't take that shot if it were offered. <laughs> but I'm not saying I would either. Put a football in the crotch has a football in the crotch. Football in the groin had a football in the groin. That's true. Uh, yeah, so their stances, the stances here tell you a whole lot about this fight already. Woodley is defaulting to a, a very similar stance to his wrestling and MMA days. Uh, Jake Paul is using more of a boxing stance because, surprise, surprise, he's been training boxing longer. Right. Jake Paul also not very engaging in this first round. There's no uh, reason to. You got no, eight no. rounds to work with. Yeah, and no I'm not suggesting he should. I'm not suggesting he should go full. You know, he should go crazy in there. I'm just. I'm pointing out that he's been doing a lot of movement. He's mm -hmm. not letting himself sit still long enough to take Woodley's power. I think Woodley. I think Woodley's mindset going into this is: I got to knock this guy, and I got to knock this guy out early if I want, because I'm not going to win this one on points. And I think Jake Paul, for his part. Is like, this guy hits hard, let me not stand still and let him do it. Nice little combo from Jake Paul there. Uh, yeah, Paul's doing well, he's moving well, he's scoring and getting out. Like, Tyron Woodley, I don't think has hit him clean yet, at all. Let me let me tell you, um, as far as, like, casual psychology goes in terms of fans, do you think people came to this event and are watching it on pay-per-view because they thought this was going to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots? I don't know how many people expected, you know, a Rocky fight. Mm -hmm. I imagine the majority of people watch... Look, the Paul brothers are ludicrously polarizing individuals. You're either watching this to watch in the hope that Tyron Woodley knocks Jake Paul out cold, if not dead. Or you're <laughs> watching it because you like Jake Paul and you want to see him succeed. Like, there's not really a whole lot of in-between here. Apart can... from me, I got roped into this. You were asked, and you gave an answer. <laughs> I'm not accepting those answers anymore. Broke uh, into this. You hit me. You came by, hit me over the head with a brick, and I woke up here. I don't know how I got here. Terrific. Speaking of sexual assaults, um, I just uh, to make it weird. Pretty clear. Okay, pretty clear. First round for Jake Paul. Just by the by, I was trying to get there, but then we went into this, this weird alley, this dark, cold, weird alley. Uh, yeah, clear round for Jake Paul. He uh, he made more contact. He got he got hit less. Tyrone Woodley had that one shot in the beginning, and then he had like a like a uppercut situation towards the end of the round. But that was about it. Uh, I wouldn't say Jake Paul definitely had the man's lunch or anything, but Jake Paul showing uh, the superior skill in the first round. And here we go with round two. And to the shock of no one, Jake Paul, the better uh, the man who's been training boxing longer, is in fact the better boxer. What a what a novel concept. So which MMA fighter do you think he'll beat next? Uh I think he'll actually go for a boxer next. Unless he can unless there's a big falling out between the UFC and someone like Jorge Masvidal. 
Um, are they uh, are they on the verge of breaking up? No. Okay. But UFC breakups have come out of nowhere for less reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how Dana White is. <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, yeah. People go, you know, pay me, and the UFC says put your pants on, and they say pay me, and the UFC says put your pants on, and they say no. Um, well, no, they say pay me. The UFC says no. Is <laughs> <laughs> kind of how that works. Uh, there's not. You know, I think that again, Jake wants to be taken seriously as a boxer, and I respect that. And he seems to be putting in the work in that particular respect. You know, this is one of those things. Look, I may not like the guy, and I'm not here to advocate for him. But what the Paul brothers do is difficult. Mm-hmm. Their success is not accidental. Watch, we're going to end up seeing Jake Paul versus Anthony Joshua before we see Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. That's they're in the prediction. wrong. They're in the wrong weight classes. We might get. Uh, we might get Logan. Or excuse me. We might get Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Uh, so this second round here, Jake Paul doing more uh, <clears throat> more moving. Tyrone Woodley not throwing a lot of punches. Yeah, the, he's falling into the bad habit that. Uh, dogged him throughout the throughout his decline and ultimately his exit from the UFC. If you watch his last series, for the record, Tyron Woodley has lost like 20 consecutive rounds of MMA action because um, he lost every round when he lost the title to Kamaru Usman. That was five rounds. He lost every round against Gilbert Burns. That was five rounds. He lost every round against... Colby Covington before busting his rib dislocating technically was where the bone and the cartilage meet. Rib injury in the fifth had lost every round before that and then was finished by Vicente Luque in the first round and a round he was also losing to kind of usher in his exit from the UFC. So we're talking about 16-17 rounds that he's lost consecutively. He's a little bit shot. Yeah. Now he still has power, and to his credit, when he fought Luke in that fight, he came out and he tried to go out on his shield. Man, he made that a, he actually made that a fight. He just chose the absolute wrong guy to try and do it against. Well, here's the thing: but, Jake Paul's not throwing a lot of a lot of punches either. But Tyrone Woodley, but, Ty, <laughs> but Tyrone Woodley, all he's doing is he's not even moving all that much. He's sort of following no. Jake around, and he's covering up and covering up and following Jake and covering up, and Jake's like not throwing anything. Well, Jake's throwing enough to win the round, which is fine and dandy. That is how you win fights. You win one more round than the other guy. You win You win by one more point than the other guy. You here's win the, the fight. Here's the thing. If I throw no punches and you throw one, you've won that round. Yes, and, that is, and, and that is the point that I'm trying to make is Jake did not throw a lot. Jake threw very little and certainly not enough to, to warrant that kind of timid defense from Tyrone Woodley. But as you're saying, he's probably, um, we'll call it anxious, about getting too aggressive if he's lost that many rounds in a row. Well, this is also one of the signs of a fighter who is about done. Mm-hmm. They when they stop throwing. That's now. If we look at again Woodley's last handful of fights in the UFC, he could be forgiven for not having a lot of output against Kamaru Usman. He was backed into the fence. He was clinched. He was controlled. He was beaten up. Okay, fair enough. Gilbert Burns, kind of the same thing, but still troubling. Uh, Colby Covington got out again there's a little bit that is okay he was fighting really really good guys some of whom forced him into these prolonged grappling exchanges that he's of course his output's going to be low speaking of grappling exchanges round three has started and Jake (laughs) Paul 
Uh, he came forward and he started to go to work on Tyrone Woodley, but then Tyrone Woodley tied him up against the ropes. Which is another really bad sign for how this fight is going for Woodley. If whoever starts clinching first in these respects, uh, you tend to be the one who's a little bit losing. Yeah, yeah. Wood, uh, Paul hit him with a pretty good right on the entry into that clinch as I look at it now. Uh, yeah, just not not seeming to go well. You know, Woodley looks tight, which is never a good thing when you're boxing. You know, his, his shoulders look very stiff. Uh, the man might be an A-plus athlete and one of the best welterweights ever in Really good combination MMA. there from Jake Paul. He went yeah. low and then high. He hit him with a, uh, a right to the body and then followed with a left up top. Yeah, he's finding that pretty consistently. Woodley's stance is a little bit square on. He's become a little bit more square as the fight's gone on. Uh, and... Jake Paul just landed a left that kind of stunned Woodley, but Jake Paul did not follow up with it. He kind of, just kind of threw it and moved. Which, good on Jake Paul. He's sticking and moving, which is what you should be doing. He's not going Donkey Kong in there. But I would like to... I don't know. Um, there's a part of me that would like to see him amp up the aggression just a little bit more. Uh, we're only in round three of eight. There's no reason to be... There's no, and Woodley's not doing anything to make you change what's going on here, right? Like, you're winning this fight. Why? There's no reason Ooh. to risk a whole lot. Good combination there from Jake Paul. Uh, Tyrone Woodley caught most of it, but backed up uh, in just enough time to not get get the, the last punch. I can hear Dean Thomas desperately telling Tyrone Woodley, I need you to throw combinations, because that was his corner advice every round for every <laughs> one of Tyrone Woodley's last fights in the UFC. You, you're doing good, brother. I just I need my combinations. I need you to throw three and four. Tyron Woodley has not thrown three and four punches at a time in his life. <clears throat> Jake Paul hit him again. Tyron Woodley ties up. Yeah, Woodley, he doesn't have the weapons. It's pretty clear to see. If you look at how he's throwing his right in particular, he's still trying to break again. He's almost 40, also, for the record, for Tyron. He's trying to break decades of punching into the clinch and then being able to work from there. Like, Well, you know, it's funny because for years, even when I was watching, when I wasn't a dirty, filthy casual... Um, even when, when I, you were watching, you were a dirty, filthy casual. Let's not kid ourselves. Your mother. Um, listen, when I was watching Steadily, one of the things that was commonplace among a lot of UFC fighters was hey, I have a good knockout record, I have good power, I should be a boxer. And some of them had more legitimacy to that wishful thinking than others. Uh, some of them were, 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 were trained boxers, some of them were kickboxers. But there was a lot of that going around. There was, there was definitely a lot of delusion that, uh, that um, early, early 2010 UFC fighters, late, uh, late 2000s, could all tr thought they could all transition into boxing and be successful. And I think... But I'll tell nice you something about how poor the UFC's pay structure is. <laughs> I, it tells, what I find interesting about this fight, watching at least one person who is traditionally a lifelong MMA fighter and wrestler transition into boxing, is it's not as easy as it looks. It's not, and there was a part of the reason that that narrative got flown around when it came to, you know, uh, MMA fighters moving to boxing was the acrimony that was fostered by the UFC management between MMA and boxing for no one's benefit other than the promotions, per usual. 
Uh, yeah, no, there are MMA oh. fighters who would make good boxers. In fact, uh, Clay Collard had a pretty good run uh, last year, I think it was, through uh, some PBC stuff on Fox and whatnot. Uh, and he's currently fighting in the PFL, I believe, as well. So it, it can be done. Sure. No one said it can't be done. Um, but a, but there, it's, there, one, it, there is no one-to-one. No. And unless, you're, look, unless you're Max Holloway. Max Holloway could come to boxing and could wreck some fools, but that's because he's Max Holloway. Um, Tyrone Woodley starting to pick up the pace here in round four. Though yeah, uh, he's, it's yeah, not really he's moving little, the needle. He's just being a little bit more. He's just being a little bit more active. Uh, I think he's worried about his cardio. You know, we've hit. We are into the fourth round here, and I think he's just a little bit. He knows how this will go if it keeps going the way it's going, and he if he's only going to have a little bit of time. Let's you know, let's try to do. Or he's finally made a read on Paul and thinks he can find something. Boy, he really keeps reaching to Perry with his right hand whenever Jake shows a jab. If he fakes a jab and comes with a left hook instead, he could really tag Tyron with that. Tyron's he keeps trying to parry with that right hand, and that's a bad idea. So Jake Paul. Uh, fighting off his back foot, which I find interesting. He's um, fighting very conservatively. This, you know, and he's winning by doing so. So good on him he's for had, that. But I, uh, I, but I tell you, this, this is, is how he this fights is a, a little bit. This is a casual man's main event. You know, this is this is people who don't not watch boxing, but follow Jake Paul. You know, this is this is to one degree or another a happening, and I don't think people are going to love this fight. Well. We've still got time to see if that'll change. Oh, shit. But... <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> Ty- oh, Tyrone Woodley tagged Jake Paul. Jake Paul nearly fell down. He, the, the ropes held him up. He'd have gone down had he had that been in the, a little bit further in the middle of the ring. And now Tyrone Woodley doing a little bit of, uh, doing a little bit of uh, jiving, a little bit of shaking his fists. He's, he's seeing blood in the water here. Oh, he tagged Jake Paul again. With a left right behind the ear. And now Jake yeah. Paul is uh, tying him up. Not yeah, good. No, not great for Jake Paul. But you could see uh, Paul's got a little bit of a bad habit of kind of ducking the way that he did when he would get pressed. And Tyron finally was able to capitalize on it. And we mentioned Tyron has power. That's never really been the problem. The problem has been the delivery system, not the, you know, not the uh, caliber. All right. Uh, Jake I, I, got in a to Jake's credit, he got in a pretty good oh, yeah, he got in a pretty good right there at the end. He's he got he got Tyron a little bit uh, a little bit wonky in the legs there. So, I'm going to give that round the Tyron uh, Tyron. I uh, agreed. You know, um who do you who do you not want to be in any given round? I would not have wanted to be Jake Paul there. Like like legitimately Tyrone Woodley would have knocked him down had he not fallen into the ropes. And had Tyrone yeah. Woodley pressed him um, at the wherewithal to press him when when he had the opportunity, that might have been a knockdown, for sure. Yeah, I, I'd give that. I'm I'm with you. I'd give that round to to Woodley. Um, you know, kudos to Jake for standing up to the punch. You know that. Yeah. Would, uh, I mean, you know, we've got a little bit of a fight now. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I that replay, had... that replay where he got tagged and fell into the ropes, I don't love what he did there. He was all out of balance. That's part of the reason yeah, why he he's... got hit. He's pretty, as mentioned, both of these gentlemen are still kind of novice boxers. So he's doing some things here that are wrong. And 
just finally kind of got uh, made to pay for it. All right, Tyrone Woodley but starts off. Uh, we also see Woodley with... Now, that's kind of the only punch he has. <laughs> oh, big uppercut there from Woodley. It's a response to Jake Paul throwing a combination. Now, Jake Paul's doing uh, one to the body and move, one to the body and move. If you're still a little bit wonky, that's a good strategy. All right, he comes across. This time, Tyrone Woodley ties him up. Yeah, I, I genuinely worry for Woodley's cardio. Um, the pace for this fight has been pretty low, but boxing pacing is very different from MMA pacing. If you want an example of that, one of the better conditioned athletes in one of the better conditioned divisions, uh, TJ Dillashaw, had done some boxing sparring with Vasily Lomachenko. And TJ, who's fought five rounds multiple times without with nary a hint of gassing, no jokes about EPO, please, uh, was tired because the pacing that you fight at and the rest structure is very, very different. Uh, <coughs> so as we are in the middle of round five here, Steve Farhood agrees with our scoring. First few rounds went to Jake. Last round uh, went to Tyron. Nice little left from Jake. Uh, Woodley does lunge a bit when he tries to strike, and that's, that is dangerous. I don't like... I mean, we've now reached the point where whatever rudimentary technique both gentlemen have is kind of out the window. Uh, they are, <laughs> they've fought long enough that even professionals have a little bit of degradation of their skill set by this point. Well, now, it's funny you mention that because we're, because we're also at a point now where Jake Paul is not only starting to lose some of his um, technique, he is off balance constantly. Yeah, his legs aren't great. Um, he would be better served to go forward a little bit. If he's not properly conditioned to do this much movement, then going forward will save your legs just a bit. Yeah, he doesn't want to get hit again is the problem. That is, in fact, part of the problem. He's got a good left hook, though. He just uh, Tyron Woodley got a little bit mad there and tried to uh, trash talk him. But that left hook from Jake landed. Now you see Tyron Woodley really trying to walk. You you can tell you can tell that Tyron's not with it either because look at what he stopped doing. Right? Yeah. He was really pressing the action and was really kind of trying to get things. He got hit once, and he's still coming forward, but look what he stopped doing. He stopped throwing. He stopped making an issue out of it. That's one of the ways you can tell that someone didn't like what they just got. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I mean, you're, you're talking about what Tyron Woodley ain't got. Tyron Woodley, I think, won that round. Right. I, I'm not sure I agree with you there. I, I, he showed, for me, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. But it looked like Tyrone Woodley scored more hits. He was more aggressive. Um, I think maybe the one or two punches that Jake Paul landed might have been harder punches. But overall, he got hit more than he hit. Big I'd uppercut double... there from Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, he's got a good read on that punch. I'm not, sh I'm not going to disagree with you too much about that last round. I'm just not... Just saying, I'm not sure I agree with you is all. In the replay here, they are showing all Tyrone Woodley highlights. Of course they are. Well, no. Showtime signed Jake Paul. Showtime has no reason to highlight Tyrone Woodley unless there was something to highlight. Like, like there's no of course they are. The favorite son is Jake Paul. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. I'm not sure I agree with that, but... Uh, okay. 
I'm just saying I'm not sure I agree with that. Look, I'm not disagree. If you gave that round to Tyron Woodley, I'm not disagreeing with you wholeheartedly. I'm just not sure I agree. You know, there okay. is there is space between those two points. Okay. Moving into round six, and they are already tied up and hugging it out on the ropes. We're going to get a lot more of that as this goes on. Uh, Tyron feels more comfortable there, and as, as you get more tired, well, it's easier and easier to fall into clinches. Well, <clears throat> but Steve Tyron disagrees is, with me. He gave that one to Jake Paul. Like, like I said, I don't, I don't completely disagree with giving that one to Woodley. I'm not gonna. That's not a hill I'm gonna die on. Okay. Uh, but I think there's, I think there is a case to be made for. I mean, here's the other thing about boxing scoring in particular: forward motion means almost nothing. Okay. The person coming forward. Boxing weighs that almost not at all, whereas MMA, especially under the old rule set, which I've yelled about plenty of times, uh, weighs it disproportionately heavily. Okay. Um, well, as we see here in now the middle of round six. Paul getting Tyrone... some good body work in. About time he started going downstairs. Yeah, Tyrone Woodley started to come forward. He had Paul against the ropes. Now Paul turning it back around, getting aggressive with uh, Tyrone Woodley. He scored a couple of combinations there. Big swing and a miss from Jake Paul. Yeah, both these guys are going to start missing bigger. Another thing that happens once your conditioning starts to fall apart, you don't just miss. You miss bigger and bigger and bigger. You start winding up more and more and more because it feels better. You might have a better chance of ending the fight, and it is technically more efficient to wind up a punch. Jake Paul still circling. Tyrone Woodley not able to cut the ring off. Yeah, whenever Woodley gets hit good, like, like whenever he really feels it, he drops his hands and he does the come on, son thing. Like you can, it's a dead giveaway to anyone who's mm. watched this kind of stuff long enough. Like he does that to dissuade Paul from continuing the onslaught. But Jake Paul continues to, again, for a professional in his fourth fight, you know, he doesn't look half bad. <laughs> And I'm going to get a lot – people are going to disagree with me on that because they hate Jake Paul, and fair enough. Again, I'm not here to tell you the man is anything less than a human being. But he's he's making this work, and Woodley, yeah, his hand, Woodley's hands are dropping. He's taking longer breaks. Woodley is uh, – Keeps he's walking not, into uh, Jake Paul's left. Yeah, keeps walking into the left because he keeps – again, he keeps dropping his right, trying to parry a low punch – and that is what is allowing Uh-oh. that left to get home. All right. So at the end of that round, uh, Tyrone Woodley tried to get aggressive, did not work out tremendously well. And then he lifted his leg like he injured himself, kind of did like a little jig motion. So we'll see what happens here. So far, so good. They were, we're in Jake Paul's corner and they're, I'm sure, telling him, you know, keep, keep for God's sake, keep your hands up. Um, He's, at this point, I... Uh, okay, no, he was not doing a jig like he'd been hurt. He was feigning a Superman punch. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it, look, Jake Paul's up by any reasonable score. I think even by yours, which I don't think is unreasonable, just to be clear. By no, 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 that, Paul went, that, that last round went to Jake Paul, for sure. At worst, he's 4-2 to two going into the seventh. By my, again, kind of by my unofficial scorecard, he's 5-1. and uh, He'd be 5-1. and one. So... Tyron needs a finish at this point, which is 
a position he's been in many times in his career after performances just like this. And if history is any indicator, it's going to continue going like this because that's just where Tyron is at this point in his career. All right, to begin round seven, Tyrone uh, grabs Jake Paul and shoves him into the corner. Yeah, not a again, good sign. once your technique's gone, once your conditioning's gone, you start trying to shove. Eh, no, I'm the man. I'm I'm the bigger guy. I can shove you. And he's not the bigger man. That's part of the problem here. They're contesting this at 190 pounds, and Tyron Woodley. That's about what he walks around at, but. There's a reason your fight weight isn't your walk around weight, and that's not just because you want to cut down, uh, you know, 20 pounds of body weight or anything. Sometimes it's just getting your body into optimal condition will shed some extra weight naturally. Jake Paul with big swings, I don't love them. They they're very yeah. awkward looking. Yeah, they're not quite that windmill punch that Roy Nelson used to throw, but. You know, you're not supposed to come from a wingspan of five feet away and throw wide. Now, uh, to his credit, he, like you mentioned, he's not gone completely off the deep end with his technique. It's still, anytime your technique is put under pressure like this, it always degrades. Always, always, always. It's one of the reasons when you train, you train everything so tight, everything so specific, because once... Once you get into the chaos of combat, it loosens up. So if you train loose and then get into the chaos, it gets even wilder. Uh, not to make fun of a former heavyweight champion. <laughs> uh, so the fact that he's maintaining as much discipline as he currently has is somewhat impressive. It, Jake's had to kind of do all the maturation that most fighters do where no one sees it <laughs> in the very public eye. You know, most professional fighters, you know, whether they're having their third or fourth fight, unless you come from a really, really extensive amateur background and get some immediate notoriety, you're fighting in front of nobody. Where you're probably not even being recorded unless your coach is doing it. And that's where you work out this kind of stuff. He's doing it in the main event of a Showtime pay-per-view, making a lot of money uh, because he's here to make money. <laughs> Tyrone Woodley, like, chased him around for a little bit and then just threw himself on <laughs> threw himself on Jake Paul like it looked he it looked raggedy yeah Tyron's Tyron's pretty much done I mean I don't, I don't think he's about to be finished I don't think his corner should stop it I'm not saying any of those things but you look at where he is now you look at how he's performing like ooh that's kind of why he did Jake Paul had a pretty decent left to the liver there yeah, he's he's just done. Like he's going to see the fight out, but well, he's only got one round done. left. Yeah, he'll see, he'll go the distance in all probability, but he's done. Like the, the fight is out of that man in this, at this point. He just doesn't. Good grief! At the end of the seventh, there was a really nice right hand from Paul. Like that's what precipitated Tyron forcing that clinch. Was he got clipped pretty hard? So you think Tyron Woodley retires after this? Like he's done with combat sports? Uh, he hasn't retired from MMA. He was cut by the UFC. But he is still, I guess, somewhat open to uh, you know, competing in that particular avenue. He took this one because it's the... Look, by Woodley's admission, and this has been largely confirmed by people who actually matter, not Dana White trying to spin things, this is the single biggest payday of Tyron Woodley's entire combat sports career. 
Right. Which I have no problem believing. I don't care that the man was a champion with, you know, a significant number of title defenses. And knowing what I know about the UFC's pay structure, I have no doubt this is paying him more than any one fight that he ever had well, in no, the UFC. Of course, and, and that goes without saying. There's more of, like, you've got the big payday. This is it. This is probably the best. At this stage of your career, this is the best payday you're going to get in your career. I mean, do you just walk away and go do something else, or do you try to get signed by Bellator? I don't know. Um, that's going to depend on how he feels after this. I mean, he's always got his rap album. <laughs> I can't even finish Ugh. that sentence. Have you seen, have I shown you the wonderful clip that is him acting? Yes. From like, a, oh. like ages ago, though. No, no, no. Not that long. You know, the time when he, uh, him versus the raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, he's tried to do other stuff, and God bless him. He's tried to do the music thing, and everyone kind of lampooned that because it was pretty bad. He's tried to do the acting thing, and I'll give him a little bit more grace when it comes to that because he's not a trained actor, no, and but asking can... him to do that was a little bit wonky. I was going to say, but he can be someone's background goon. He's fine. He I mean, he, he's, he's about the same height as Tom Cruise. I mean, maybe uh, he's Tom Cruise's background goon. Yeah. You know the fight is, like, done when we're not talking about the fight anymore, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're doing the same thing they've been doing. At this point, there's kind of a gentleman's agreement that I won't really try to knock you out, you don't really try to knock me out, and we'll just kind of let this go the distance without either of us getting face-planted. <laughs> And if you're Tyron Woodley in this case, that's actually a decent enough bet because you've lost every round except one. You've been wobbled a few times by left hooks just like that one. Uh, you, if he does get knocked out, that's that's it. Like, that would be the end. If he goes the distance even in a loss, I mean, he's almost 40. He's clearly on the downside. He just barely started boxing. Like, there's, there's ways you can spin that a little bit. If you get finished, uh-uh. There's, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, Nate Robinson, he uh, he is not. You know, uh, he's not even Ben Askren, who was, you know, over 40 and had a hip replacement. <laughs> not a joke. Like, the man's hips were destroyed from years of wrestling, and he had a, repla he had had a hip replacement before that fight with Jake Paul. <laughs> and God bless him for getting a big payday out of it, but <laughs> like that, that wasn't a competitive fight. Whereas this, you know, to everyone's credit, more competitive, and to Jake Paul's credit, he has steadily escalated his level of opposition like you would like to do if you want to be taken seriously as a professional. All right. He started well, that's, out... That's the end. He made it and, all eight rounds, and I'm and sure Jake it won Paul in a landslide. Should, it should take a... I mean, you, were, you gave Tyron Woodley the best scorecard you could, and you gave him two rounds. Yeah. And, I mean, Steve Far and Steve Farhood didn't even give him that much. So, Jake Paul, I will. I mean, we'll wait for the official scorecard before we call it a night. But that's it's got to be seven to one. Uh, you could maybe there might be an argument for Tyron in the eighth if you're feeling generous. Mm. But I I cannot see a rational scorecard being handed in for Tyron Woodley. Which, given the state of combat sports judging, doesn't mean we're not going to see this be a split decision just because... You think it'll be 8-0 uh, um, uh, for Canal... Damn it! Take two. You, stu you stumbled over the joke. I know. Take two. 
Hey, do you think they'll end up scoring it for Canelo? Nailed it. I'm pretty sure Adelaide Bird scored it for Smile and Sam Alvey. <laughs> who, who, not a joke on the UFC event last night. She scored a fight for him. And he, he lost a three-round split decision uh, against... Who did he fight? The name escapes me at the... Uh, actually, I ha- should have it, so let me look it up. So on against, the show stats here, it looks like Jake Paul landed more jabs percentage-wise, uh, more power shots, and... The total punches were greater for Jake Paul than they were for Woodley. That's, I mean, if show stats are anything to be believed and are worth a, a value to anything, that's that tells the tale right there. Yeah, I, again, I having watched the fight, I can't see how you would score this for Woodley. Uh, again, again, God bless Tyron Woodley for getting a good paycheck out of this, and he didn't embarrass himself. No. Uh, I, okay, we have a, okay. We have a few other people doing like, do uh, with. I've seen. seen I'm looking now through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few people have it five three. Really? Which again, a few. If you're as generous to Tyron as you can, I can see that. But again, that's if you give. So I think if you do what you did, give him the you know whatever it was second and um, fifth. Uh, forgive me, or second and fourth. I forget which two. But if you give him the eighth as well, just kind of on a lark, because the eighth was a big nothing round. Uh, point being, there's no there's no way he won. There's no way Tyron Woodley won. But like I said, five to three for Jake Paul is the most generous scorecard you can get in favor of Tyron Woodley. I would like to compliment the Showtime production team. They ran a nice little show tonight. They managed to keep the camera just still enough to capture the ap- action. And um, I would they like... Didn't, for, they didn't cut with every punch? No, and that's where I was going with this. I would like for the WWE production team to take a note that we're not all on cocaine. Please stop cutting that way. Yeah, but Kevin Dunn. Indeed. Uh, Bucky Beaver Tooth Mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim. That, that's never not going to be funny to me because you know it actually gets the guy's goat. All right, Jimmy Lennon's in the ring with uh, some beautiful bouncing TikTok babes. The classy Jimmy Lennon Jr., that poor man. <laughs> I, 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 I say that because you can see his soul dying as he's been going on through this show. <laughs> what I has wish, become of my sport? I wish to be taken... Yeah, I mean, look, he'll still cash the check at the end of the night, but... I'm sure they all will. But yeah, he's... You've been around boxing as long as that guy has. Like, you you do stuff like this, and you just kind of, you can see the soul dying. <laughs> so, who jumps in the ring to challenge Jake Paul right now? Because you know where that's, that's where this is going. Uh, if they, if Tommy Fury doesn't, which would kind of be my assumption. Mm-hmm. Again, they had him on this card for a reason in that particular position. They both fight around the same weight. They're both relatively inexperienced. Uh, they're both known for things other than boxing. For those of you who don't know, Tommy Fury was a fairly big deal when he was part of, uh, what was it, Temptation Island? Something like that in the UK. One of those stupid reality romance shows. So we might go that direction, and it would continue the logical escalation of him going from beating up old, slightly washed MMA, be- beating a YouTuber, an NBA star, 
an old, washed MMA fighter, slightly less old, slightly less washed MMA fighter to a legitimate boxer. <laughs> I mean, and I, I say I say that at the same time, if you're trying to manage a young fighter's career, this is not the worst way to go about it. All right, go ahead and do your plugs. Uh, I know you've got after this you have you have an entire podcast you have to record about a fight that you covered for your real job last night. So go ahead and talk about that real quick. Yeah, when we get done here, I'm going to record the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. So if you're interested in the sport of mixed martial arts, please do give that a listen. Um, I will also be talking briefly about this fight because it's MMA adjacent. I will be predominantly reviewing last night UFC on ESPN 30, which doubled as the finale for the season of The Ultimate Fighter. I uh, had some good fights, had some less good fights, but yeah, what are you going to do? And previewing UFC on ESPN plus 49, which is this coming Saturday's card, which is just a keep the machinery turning fight. I can't find a whole lot to be all that excited about on that one. But I'll do my darndest, so tune into that if you're so interested. I cover both mixed martial arts and professional wrestling over at 411mania.com, wrestling in the wrestling zone, MMA in the MMA zone. Specifically with wrestling, I cover AEW's Dark Elevation programming on Monday. Whatever MLW releases on Wednesday, assuming they get back to a regular release schedule, and Smack, WWE's SmackDown on Fridays. So if you're interested in that, please do check out my live coverage. I appreciate it. And uh, I will have a two different chances to talk about Candyman this coming Tuesday. Once with Mark in the traditional Damn You Hollywood format, and then I will be hosting a five-person roundtable discussion. Uh, that's myself, Jason Teasley, Alexis Haina, James Greco's coming back, and then I think one of Alexis's friends who I've never... Uh, Dorian Price, who I believe is something in the film industry. Okay. So that's going to be the group. We will be discussing it, and you can hear both of those particular formats this coming week uh, in when it comes to your discussion of entertainment. All right. Uh, in addition to which, we're dropping all of our old Iron Man stuff because uh, the Mandarin got repurposed for the new Shang-Chi movie that comes out this Friday. Uh, so we've got an Everyone Loves a Bad Guy that me and Robert did that mostly focused on the film. <laughs> that mostly focused on the uh, Iron Man rogues galleries from the film. Uh, our damn you Hollywood from back in 2013 that Jeff and I did, Jeff Harris, uh, dropped today. Jesse and uh, Chris Armstrong reviewed Shang-Chi, the five-issue limited series from Marvel that came out um, in 2020, uh, and that's to come, you know, as a companion piece to the upcoming Shang-Chi movie. Um, we've also got reviews coming up of D. Snyder, Leave a Scar, and The Wonderful World of Mickey. Um, we're still in season one on that. They dropped another ten or so shorts. So myself and Alexis Haina will review that. Um, and then this coming Saturday, I got to participate in a trivia. This one was about toys from the last, like, hundred years or so. Um, I did better than I thought I would. We had a lot of fun. We sang a lot of songs. It was a, it was a grand old time for all involved. So uh, I don't know when we're going to do another one of these again. But uh, should Robert not be doing MMA coverage and our, our fancies tickled, we'll be back at you with another boxing, um, 
alternative commentary when uh, when there's one to be had. Until then, I'm Mark Rattledge. He's Robert Winfrey. Be well, be safe, and behave.